0: Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland.
1: Technology is part of every day of our lives, even if you want to avoid it and you work hard to avoid it you are bound to encounter it in some shape or form. Students are interested in technology. Sure, for some, their focus is on passing the next level or trying out the latest app that a friend recommended, but for others, they are interested in career paths towards technology. You have heard it stated that our students will be doing jobs that haven't been invented yet using technology that hasn't been invented either, and that's so true. They have interests and talents, and what better place for them to explore those interests than in the safety of a Christian school environment? It's easy to agree with that statement, but it becomes a little more complicated when you look at what it takes to start a technology program, whether it's STEM or STEAM or a club or robotics, even a technology class. One other major consideration is talent. Who is going to lead the charge with technology? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I have really been looking forward to this topic and to our guest for today. But before I introduce her, I want to invite all of our listeners to subscribe to this podcast and also to visit our website, teachereditionpodcast.com. On that website, you will find some great information about the podcast, but you can also leave a question and we will play those questions on future episodes. Take a minute and think of a question you might ask if you were in a room full of educators. It could be about classroom management or student motivation, maybe ideas for special days, activities, maybe even a question about connecting with students or supporting a struggling learner. The options are endless. So take a minute and share your question and we look forward to including those. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. We are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at teacher edition pod again that's teacher edition pod today's guest is carol riddle she was born raised and presently even still lives in eastern north carolina she and her husband have one college aged daughter carol has degrees in clinical laboratory science and adult education she also has an m.ed in teaching and learning and is working on a certificate in science education So as varied as her degrees are, she also has an interesting variety of experiences. So she worked for over 25 years in a laboratory capacity with teaching experience in the field at the college and community college levels. She was a stay-at-home mom for many years. She currently teaches honors chemistry, honors biology, general biology, STEM, and health at a Christian school in Kingston, North Carolina. So I had the privilege of meeting Carol several years ago and have watched her see a need for bringing technology to her students and she didn't just see the need, she ran with it. She had a passion for students to be able to explore and learn in the area of technology. But as she would say, she wasn't a techie. In fact, as she says it, she's a baby boomer with no technology experience growing up. So TV and a plugged-in telephone were her technology. And boy, don't we remember those days. (laughs) She did take office practice in high school, and that was in the late 1970s. And here, fast forward all these years, she sees a need and she has a vision and she runs with it. So she has now started many programs at her Christian school over the past six years or so. Programs such as STEM with 3D printing, robotics, electronics, coding, and designing, and her list goes on. And I know that in so many Christian schools, they may not have a dedicated technology teacher. Some schools are blessed with that, and that's wonderful, but that's not in every situation. They may not even have a techie person who could oversee a program, even if they wanted to start one. So to me, Carol was an inspiration of what could be done. So I asked her if she'd be willing to share with us a little bit about her experience. And just be an encouragement to those who might be considering possibilities, but they're really not sure how to navigate that or where to start. So Carol, thank you for being willing to share your journey with us today.
0: You're very welcome. I'm excited. This is going to be great.
1: I did too. So to start off, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about your story. Tell us about your background in technology. (laughs) Tell us how you became interested in technology and really what motivated you to take this on.
0: I've always been one to let God kind of run my life paths. Maybe I didn't follow it correctly, but when I was growing up, I grew up in a poor county in eastern North Carolina and I loved to tinker. I love a power tool. I can like go in Lowe's and just fill up everything. But my brother and I did a lot of things and I would help with car repair, little things that really were interesting. Um, I wanted to be a marine biologist and went to a university to do that, and it ended up not working out. There were no jobs, and I ended up in clinical lab. Well, clinical lab, for some of you that don't know that, we have quite a few analyzers that have a computer-based knowledge to run them, but you don't know how it works. So I was really um, learning as I went. Most of the things we did, we wrote by hand. So it's been very interesting to get from that point And then as a stay-at-home mom, I was 38 when my child was born. So I had to go in. Uh, Techie was not my thing, even though I could repair, I could fix things, start stuff up. And uh, my daughter ended up, she taught me how to use the iPhone. (laughs) And so, I mean, it's kind of uh, learn as you go. And that's what I've been doing all these years. I learn, and if I'm interested in it, um, I will take a little more initiative, and I'll study and read. And right now on my Kindle, I have about 10 or 15 robotic tech, how to do electronics books on it. So it's just basically stepping in and being guided. That's pretty much what's happened to me.
1: So often getting started is the hardest part. There are so many places you could have started, different tools, different technology. How did you decide to go the direction you did? How'd you land there?
0: I started at the Christian school at 52 years of age. And I walked in, The gentleman here was only doing like two classes, um, just filling in for them. And I walked in and there was nothing. And, you know, we have choir and and drama and those a lot of kids don't like that. And that's just not their forte. So um, I started looking into Science Olympiad. I also looked into starting the greenhouse. We are the only Christian school in North Carolina with a greenhouse. And I was asked to start that. So I started those two things and um, COVID hit. Science Olympiad went away for us. We, we just don't have the amount of student body to do that. So I kind of started looking at, we need STEM. We need to integrate my population at school. And one of the things I want everybody to think about, what do your students bring to the table? What can they put in your classroom? Um, right now I have about five, maybe six in my STEM class that are techie, electronics, um, building, they can build, they can 3D print. So I use some of their gifts and you know God has given us gifts and he tells us we should use it in Romans. So if you use the students gifts you can build upon those and you may not know anything believe me. I learned from my students as well. So that's kind of how I got there and trying to decide When NCCSA put in their robotics competition, I ended up leaning more in that direction because I felt like the foundation would be better for us to have those goals. Um, And I teach it as a project-based class. It is not a traditional education class. So, I mean, it really makes a difference for my students to integrate what they know and what they learn and then what I know and what I need to learn. So we all work together with that.
1: Yeah, that's excellent insight looking at what your students' interests are, because obviously that's a really great place to start because they're going to want to jump in and then letting that guide you as you take off. That was great insight. So you decide, okay, I want to bring this to my school. I want to do this for my students. I'm willing to help. But you still have school leadership you need to talk with about this, obviously, and a few other groups. So talk us through the process of presenting this to your school leadership. How'd you walk through that process?
0: Well, that was kind of a little interesting uh, for those that don't know me. I'm kind of like to be in control of what I do. And that's always been a personality glitch. Um, I went to our principal and I said, you know, we really need to look at what the community needs. So I really wanted to do a marine biology course. And he said, no, we need anatomy because we have health care and, uh, you know, hospitals. Um, that, that need people. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So I taught anatomy and then the STEM. I was doing greenhouse and STEM and splitting the class. And don't ever do that, guys. Make it a single entity. You don't have time to supervise, um, 20 kids in the greenhouse and in the STEM lab. I mean, it, it just doesn't work out. So I went to him with a premise and I write everything up because my principal wants it. Detailed, he wants information, cost, the whole nine yards. And so I went to him and I said, Really, I think I can do this, and I think it can be started cheaper than not for what we're doing right now. Um, I had a lot of parents donate when I started putting feelers out. Um, and so I found that whatever I went to him with, as long as I wasn't breaking the Ten Commandments, I wasn't, you know, making the school. Money go out of here, and I wasn't doing anything to, to make everything look bad. Uh, I, you know, I really want to, to win if I can, but I want the students to win, they're the ones that want to take this out. So, I always tell them, You need to know something to so spread the gospel. And using skills like this, we can go, you know, manufacturing or we can go um, do a water tank in Africa. I mean, there's endless possibilities here. So that's how I ended up. And as long as my proposal was reasonable, he went with it. Um, And that's where I had to put the fillers out for donations to get the money to buy equipment.
1: Yeah. And having a plan is so important. We have these ideas. And I'm sure that took you time. I'm sure that that just didn't happen overnight. It takes time to gather all that information and come up with a plan when we can present something that's well thought through and has a really good reason. I think that was really important that you shared that with him. I love that you mentioned getting donations because often we do think you know technology is very expensive, but there are so many great opportunities to get resources, even secondhand or donations. And you mentioned parents, so let's transition into that. You've talked to your leadership. Now, how did you get this information out to parents and then onto students?
0: I start a little bit with emails. Now, the one thing we do here um, at the beginning of school, we get up and introduce ourselves and tell what we teach. Um, we look at everything as a fresh beginning. So my heart is to make sure the parents know what I'm going to do with their students. If I have them and I go, you know, anybody that has any iPhones or Android tablets, or I'll I'll list things. Um, if you're getting rid of your laptop, we'll take a laptop, I'll clean it off and I'll just get up and ask. And then I do send out emails, um, Sometimes I actually have parents contact me once they know we had this program, because a lot of parents don't know what you do in your classroom. Um, if it's bad, they know. <laughs> but the good stuff they don't know. So I really try to use multiple um, teachers spreading the word, parents being told in, in meetings. And I tell my students, you know, if you've got something, bring it. I had a student um, donate a Mindstorm because he had outgrown it. So I was like, yeah, and it works. So um, yeah, we, we will take anything and try it. I mean, it may not work, but just ask and thou shalt receive has always been a good motto to have. If you don't ask anybody, you don't ever know if it's going to come to you or not. So we ask. So you can't be shy. You can't be shy.
1: That's right. No, that's great. Great suggestion. Great advice. Just put out there. People can't give and people can't assist if they don't know what you're doing. So it's great. Now. I'm hearing a lot of work that you have put into this and we all know that teachers are not walking around looking for extra responsibilities or something to do in their free hour. So let's talk about time commitment. How often do you meet with your students? How how has this affected your time? Um, I mean does this have to be a daily class, could it be a club? What what do you recommend?
0: If you have the need for a STEM class, That's the way I go now. I do a 50-minute, which probably ends up being 40 by the time you get everything calmed down. It's right after launch. And I really would love for it to be last period. We do seven periods. But I think that my students, okay, and I'm I'm not going to be hopefully picked up too much about this, but I kind of let them have a laissez-faire behavior in this class setting. I give them a project. They know the project is due or a deadline is due. Um, now, this year I'm changing some things up, but it takes practice to know what works for your class and what your students. And I do it by individualizing for each student. I have one student that has autistic characteristics, and sometimes he needs earpods in to concentrate, and he's listening to white noise or whatever I can approve for him. Okay. And so I take that for my class. Now, if I did it as a club, um, which Probably two days a week would work to start off with. But if you're competing, um, the hours just going into that, I mean, you need to think about that. So what are your goals? That's what you want to look at. What are your goals? If your goals are to compete or to move into some other realm of tech, um, look at what you want to do and then work through that. But I'd start off small. And sometimes I think I bite off too much. I, I bite off a lot sometimes. and Really and truly, I think that taking that little bit of knowledge base and working at it and building on it is better. And I like having a class period. They get a high school credit, ninth through 12th grade students. And this year, I have one young lady coming in, and I'm so excited for her to come in. She had some middle school um, coding experience. So I'm like, yes. Um, so, yeah, think about what time constraint you have. If you really need an elective, it's a great elective Um a team club would be great. If you only have a few students, a club would be fantastic. Um, and I have to cap my class to 10 working students, and I have to do some training. So I do training with some new students.
1: Yeah. I appreciate your insights, too, in sharing the importance of starting small. You know, we often have, we see what's swirling around us in technology, and we think that's where we have to be. And we don't. You know, just getting students together and learning basic coding. And there are great free programs out there. We can just start them on that. And that's very simple, but it just builds from there. And we don't have to have, you know, drones and marching robots the first day, just starting with the basics and building into that. And again, building their talents as well, but also building the equipment and building how much time commitment. So I appreciate that insight and just help our listeners. Remember, you can start small, that is okay. So let's zoom up and take the 30,000 foot view of your experience. What would you say have been some of the biggest blessings and the biggest rewards of your decision to start this program and really help students with technology?
0: To be honest with you is student relationships. And I have at least two, now usually I had 11 students this year, all male, Um, but at least two every morning come by and speak to me. They and this, they're not even. I have a free planning period that period, so they come in, they may download, they may show me what they 3D printed, they may have a question for me. Um, I'm constantly getting YouTube videos on some techie thing from a couple of them. Um, I really think that might be out of the class, not a tech thing, but a heart thing. And I really love that they appreciate and trust me enough to come and talk to me Um, as far as tech. I think I've grown. I think that being respectful of what you're given and not just assuming things about your life. I mean, there are a lot of things that I could have done differently, but for some reason, God just put me in this place so these students could come to my class. And I really think that's the biggest thing about this whole class setup is doing STEM so I can have those relationships with my guys and hopefully with my young lady coming in. So, you know, that's going to be good
1: yeah relationships are so important and we we can get caught up in content and concepts and material but building those relationships with students those are what lasts and are so impacting and like you've said so many students are geared towards sports or fine arts but that's not everyone and this is a group of students that is often you know left off or forgotten as we plan programs for schools. so the lord has given you a neat, just a very unique opportunity with those students and to challenge them, not just in technology, but also in their walk with the Lord and academically as they grow. So that's great. So, on the flip side, what would you say have been the biggest challenges? And maybe to tag along with that, what are some things that you've learned that you can share with our listeners?
0: Some of the biggest challenges, I think, for me were figuring out where I wanted to start. Um, like you said, there was so much out there. I looked up 3D printers because I wanted to do some 3D printing. We have a uh, gentleman from my church that has a business who does prosthetics or orthotics. And he is a champion. And we go over and see his powder printer. And I think a lot of that was trying to do where the community led me, um, machining, that kind of thing. We have a lot of that around here. And then the challenge for me was finding where I need to be, how much of my knowledge base worked for the students, because if you don't mesh, And your students will not do what you ask them to do, or you will take, you'll be frustrated. You'll take it home with you as a negative. And I'm always trying to implement a positive. So I ended up doing things that I felt comfortable with. And I love um, voltage, amps, ohms. So I've got a student that's real electronic-based. And I got, you know, a couple others that like it, but they'll go, oh, come here, come here, come here look, we got it working. And those things for me were, to me, it was more challenging at at first part, but I, I really think I got a lot more out of it for me learning that I'm good here and I need to learn how to do this so we can go to this level. And I think that's the thing for pulling it down for me is just taking it one day at a time and figuring out, will this work? If I can't do it, do one of my students have a skill? And I don't run away from it. Now, I might have to rethink, which I've done a couple of times, um, but I think they take into consideration that I call them, I say I'm grandma, So I give them the option, do you want mama mode or do you want the grandma mode? Mama's a little more stern, grandma's more loving. And then we go, you know, we go to that, whatever we're working on. So I said, do you want me to be firm with you about it? Or do you want me to just kind of let you go and do your thing? And then we'll come back and relook at it. And so I think that's been part of this whole learning process for me is seeing where my challenges are. I take the students and let them teach me.
1: Yeah. And it's very obvious that you are a learner. You're willing to learn and take that on. And I think that's a good reminder for all of us as educators that just because we're teachers doesn't mean we aren't learners anymore. And I know in my own experience starting Technology clubs. I too started with you know a, a basic knowledge, but the things that I wanted them to learn were things that I didn't know. I I mean I remember the first time I flew a drone. Yeah, that was that was a scary moment for everyone in the room. You know, but I had to learn that so that I could teach them. And honestly, I think it's been both our experience. You give them a little bit of knowledge, and they just run with it. They are the Lord has given them these talents and gifts, and it is a privilege to be able to set them on that path of using technology appropriately in a way that honors God. And you don't know how they're going to use this throughout their future. And we have an opportunity to be a part of that. But first, we have to be a learner so that we can help them. So if you were to do this again, your experience up to this point, what would you do differently? What would you do better or not do or just change up completely?
0: And I know a lot of people don't like this, but keep it simple, stupid. Um, So keep it simple. (laughs) Change changed the stupid to silly. Um, I think sometimes I was wanting to do more, almost a ravenous want for my students to learn. And I think taking it back, I would have done a little less the first year. I think I would have basically, set down some parameters for them and so, okay, today we're going to look at blank. And I did implement a purchase program that year that I had bo- both HilderCulture and STEM going um, where they were coding with block code. And I really think that maybe just taking a computer program, if you can get one free or cheaply, something where you can show them parameters from the base up and build upon it. But... I really think basic and easy is where I should have really started. And I think I stepped a little faster than I should have, but um, it turned out well. I mean, it, it was just a focal point for me to say, you know, that didn't work. I don't need to do that next time. But I really think keeping it simple, especially if you're not aware of what the tech, I mean, I have Chromebooks, I have, Um, PCs, I've had to set them up. My daughter and I came in here and set them up that first year. Um, You know, I have tablets. They're asking me how to do stuff. Uh, Yeah, nine years ago, I had to ask the computer teacher how to upload a link in my email. I never had to do it. Um, So the kids come to me. But see, I think keeping it very simple, choose one thing that you are interested in, not your students. Because you're supposed to be a director in your classroom. You're you're showing them things. And I love electronics. I love that. So maybe I should have gone back and started off. Let's learn how to do a breadboard. Let's do simple lights. Let's do um, a couple of things. And there are tons of freebies on the web, by the way. Then you can start free and easy. And they show you everything. So I would suggest that. If you're going to start, that's where I'd go.
1: So technology is always on the move. We know every day it's exploding, it seems like, these days with new things coming out. So what are your forward plans? What's next? Do you have your sights on something going forward?
0: Yeah, I've already bought another 3D printer. Um, I love 3D printing. I mean, they're even they're 3D printing food. So I'm I'm just... Now, for me, I said to one of my students, I said, why do they just not send them the filament? instead of print the food. It's the same nutritional value. Science teacher comes out at me. Um, I think I think I want to continue with some robotics. And I have actually signed up for Project Lead the Way base classes. So, you know, I'm not planning to retire anytime soon unless the Lord has other plans. And I really want to take this year, I'm going to do a little more 3D printing. Of course, we're going to plan for a competition. Um, I like electronics. So we found some very cheap kits from a company that has everything in it, including a microcontroller. We're going to be learning to set that up. And it has software that's free. Um, It was 40 bucks a kit. I was like, we are stealing from these people. And uh, so that was my, one of my students saw that on the website, we were doing some research and guys, I let them do research. They're on the computers. They will not be able to use their phones this year. They're going to have to pull laptops and tabs out. They're not going to be able to do that because I want to be able to walk around and look. And that's one thing technology is good, bad, and ugly. So um, forward, I'm using more 3D printing. We did some scratch gaming, some blocky, and we went, and the goal was to teach a third and fourth graders how to play your game. And it went over great. So this year, yeah, this year I'm going to look at apps, making apps. So I'd love to do an app for the school. And one of my goals is to do an app to check in to your class. So if you're present or not. So pray for that because that's going to be fun.
1: What a great class project to make use your knowledge and what you're learning to help your school. I love that. So lastly, let's try to wrap all this up in a nice box if we can. As we sign off for today, what advice would you give a listener who is seeing a need, they have a desire to help students, they want them to explore and just chase after those interests with the safety of that Christian school environment. But that person does not think he or she has the knowledge, they don't have the time, the money. What would you send them off with what piece of advice?
0: Biggest thing I can tell you is first, you have to pray. You've got to ask God to direct you. So I always pray for being a light. I want to be a light for everybody, my students, my staff here, because some of these teachers, um, have never had any exposure to this and they're in all of the things that we actually have done here. Um, and, and that's not blowing anything up crazy, but it's just, they never saw it before. Make a pro and con list. I always do positive to negative. We went on field trip. I asked the guys, what was the positive? What was the negative? And that way you can see, are you at this place? How many students do you have that would be interested? That's another thing. I'm not going to have a STEM class um, with two kids I mean I could but I'm, I'm not I really so look at what your student body does your community need somebody that can do something and I would go and do pro and con and techie if I'd have had the computer and YouTube when I was in college I'd have been like AA students the whole time right um use your knowledge to search Google you know um Go to robotics companies, there's Parallax, there's um, Palulu, um, Vex, you know, all those companies that are out now have a lot of freebies. So just go pro and con, where do you want to go with it? Do you want to go 3D printing? Tinkercad's free, CAD um, is self-cads free? There's so many freebies, you just have to sign up. And I mean, there's so many places to go. You have to have a goal. So start off with that, your pro-con list. Um, And then when you figure out, do you want to do VEX? Do you want to go uh, do 3D printing? Then take that and run with it. And that's what I would do. And look at the money that's involved for anything you might need to buy. Start very small. And you can do a lot of stuff. But you've got to really take your students into accountability. Um, If my guys, especially the ones I know that you've met, um, if they were not telling me stuff, I may not have known certain items to go for. Um, And so just take it easy. Don't overexert because now I spend a lot lot more time I should. My husband asked me, what are you doing? I'm reading on whatever. And he's like, okay. And just walks off because he hates the cell phones and stuff. He just doesn't like that. Um, He hates a strong word. He dislikes it very much. (laughs) So that's what I would tell you. Pray, ask for help. My 3D um, company here, if I need something or I need him to show the guys how to do something, he's there. And so there's a lot of people in your community that would be willing to help you. Um, Just make sure that they have some belief systems in place that you might have, especially if they come on campus, because that can be a problem. I mean, and I hate to say that, but because we're trying to structure that to a Christian biblical worldview. Um, you don't want someone coming in that's going to taint it. So, yeah. So that's going to be the basics for that.
1: Yeah, the biblical worldview is so important, and you, everything we do is to bring honor and glory to the Lord and use our gifts and talents for Him. And it is so important, like you mentioned, as they're interacting with people in that field. And I love the idea of field trips and people in the community. Again, keeping the focus of that class also on. God's word and how God has given us the ability and has provided the means for this type of technology. It's it's really incredible. All that's coming out these days and we could spend lots of episodes talking on that. But I really appreciate that you brought in the fact that a biblical worldview is so important, even in technology. This has all been very inspiring, Carol. I appreciate it. I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing again about your journey. And it's so obvious you have a love for your students and a burden to help them grow. And just develop those talents and what a great job you have done. Before we sign off today, we do have a question from a listener and questions about technology are quite prevalent and I appreciate those who are sharing those questions, you know, as we continue to navigate this current technology-saturated culture. So we are going to share just one of those questions today. So here we go. Hi, my name is Kevin. I am from Southwest Virginia. Some people do not think we should be using technology in a classroom. Do you have any tips for responding to
0: parents who oppose technology in a school setting? Thanks for any advice.
1: So that's a very fair question.
0: It is a very good question.
1: Technology is constantly barraging us. And so I think it's a fair question that parents are concerned about the use of that technology at school as well. So, Carol, what are your thoughts? Is this something you faced and how would you respond to parents with this concern?
0: So I'm a parent that did not have tech and had a child at 38 years of age. So all the tech that's come along, um, I've been really wary with her. She's the only child and I've been trying to protect and I understand protection, but in the classroom, if it is done correctly, we should use it to enhance the classroom setting. It shouldn't be everything Um, that you do, but the thing I understand where he's coming from, because a lot of parents are like, now, um, you know, my child can't get online or we don't have this, or we can't afford that. And I understand that. But when those students graduate and they walk out and they go into a job that they have no clue, I teach my 10th graders how to Google, um, information. We do research. My chemistry students share docs. Um. We use tech in uh, sensors now. There's a lot of things I do with that, and I've had to learn how to use those myself. So I really think if you're going to look at using technology, we have um, our uh, school information system. Um, everything's being ordered online. You pay tuition here online. Um, you know, really and truly, if you learn to use it under God's mandate for His creation, that we are to be stewards of what we're given. I think you can use it properly in the classroom. Now, this year, a lot of my students are going to be probably unhappy with me, but we are going to be doing more submissions online. Um, We're going to be doing more flipped classroom because I can't do hands-on in the classroom the way I want to without that background knowledge. So really, and truly, I think we can use it in the classroom. You've got to be aware how it works, why you're using it. And make sure you police, and I don't use that term lightly, but go around and watch your student if you've got something out. Make sure they're not on something they're not supposed to be. Now we do have filters here on our server, but if I go on my desktop and pull something up, I could put something on the board that may not be as appropriate as what maybe I need to filter differently. I also use things like um, Safe Share for videos, so look at what's out there that you can use. Um, Covenant eyes on the phones. A lot of parents do that. So I really, I understand a lot of people don't want it, but if we do not direct our children, and I have three S's in the classroom, and my students know that. Salvation's the first, school second, and sports are third. I should put STEM third now, shouldn't I? Um, But I think if we make sure that their salvation is firm, they know who they are. A lot of the people out there now are telling them all kinds of mess that we won't get into today. But if you take those, you make it a usable entity in your classroom and you're doing it for the right reason, I think it should be really good. Um, But don't let your students go out of your schools and not be able to function. Because like Walmart even has you put an online application um, I had a student that needed to do online job application for another business in town. And, you know, I, I want my students to, when they walk out of here, I want them to hold their head up and go, I really believe I can do this. I know I can do this. We're not going to come back and say, well, you didn't teach me that. And you know, a lot of students go on, well, I didn't learn that at school. And uh, one of them, I said, were you asleep that day or were you absent? <laughs> and so you know, make light of it when you need to, but, Use it for God's glory. That's the only thing I can tell you, just go with it. Um, I'm gonna really look at that more in my classroom. And science and technology, engineering and math, everything piles together. So your English classes, your science classes, your history, we should still be integrating a lot and using tech works with that too. So yeah, use it in the classroom, but don't, don't make it your 100%, put it on there and you sit back. You, you need to be interactive with your students.
1: Yeah, I agree. Appropriateness is so important, and as I heard the question, my immediate thoughts went to the importance of communication and appropriate use. So we, you know, we've all seen the family gathered around the dinner table at a restaurant or whatever, all on their devices. We've seen the children who aren't interested in playing outside; instead, they are engrossed in their screens. So we have pictures of that in our mind. And praise the Lord, we do have some parents who are really concerned for their children's constant exposure to technology and they want to find that balance. And I'm so grateful for that. And it really is only fair for them to consider the use of technology at school as well. It's really important that our use, like you mentioned, of technology at school is appropriate and that it supports our learning. You know, technology is a 21st century skill. Students need to learn technology appropriately and in a way that honors the Lord. And as you mentioned, without those skills, they will be deficient as they move forward, you know, in their education and beyond. And while at school, technology really needs to be used to support learning. And to me, that's so important to do, but also to communicate to parents. And connected with that, it's really important that we do demonstrate that to the parents. So I personally have worked with parents who shared these same concerns. We met several times. And literally, I charted and discussed the use of technology in their child's classroom. And when they saw how it was supporting learning and it was challenging their child to collaborate and be creative and move into those higher levels of learning, their perspective changed. And now some schools use technology more frequently than others, and that is probably a whole other discussion Because even when it's used appropriately, it may still be used more frequently than a family feels comfortable with. So perhaps maybe that's just not a good fit for that family. And actually, I'm aware of a situation where a family did not want technology in their child's class at all. And that became a situation where the school just felt like it is necessary for our students to use technology so that they can be prepared. So they just had to agree to disagree and the parents were able to find a school that was just a better fit for their family. And that's okay. That happens. And so I guess my response to that question is just to be sure that technology that's being used in a classroom is being used appropriately. It's not game time. It's not, you know, sit back and play games for recess or game when you're done with your homework. It is used to support learning. And then be sure to share that clearly with parents so that they understand. Those conversations go a long way to help clarify and help define that path forward, you know, when they so that they can feel okay with that for their family. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts.
0: I'm an advocate of uh, meeting parents. Now, you know, when you get to most end of elementary school, a lot of parents don't. It's like, okay, my kids are growing up. I'm an advocate for high school students that I teach for their parents to come in. And, you know, sometimes I don't meet them until we go to competitions. Um, But I have had a couple that have been very instrumental in trying to help my program. So really and truly, I think, and if a parent, you know, if you're okay with us using some at school, clamp it off when they come in after, you know, they do the homework, take it away, lock it up, whatever you need to do. The one thing that we had during our COVID shutdown is we were almost prepped. We were kind of prepped. Some of us have been using some online um, flip classroom and things just playing with it, but the parents that did not understand, that was one of our biggest problems trying to get the end of the instructional year done, because they didn't know how the tech worked. They didn't understand how to get on. Um, but the, some of the kids did, and they used that to kind of make an excuse. Um, and I really I really believe we need to use it properly, because i I hate to say it, we're really going to go toward more of that than less of it and I I would love for our students to be able to take the gospel wherever they need to go or work on some project Um, but I I agree that we need to think about how it's being used Um, it's not a babysitter and a lot of parents like to do that you know especially with the young kids they'll give them stuff but I really think we need to think about it for the level of your student where are you going to go with it
1: excellent those are great insights Thank you, Carol. Thank you for your answer to that question. But thank you for this entire episode. You've given us so much to think about. And we have loved hearing about your journey and really have learned much from it. So thank you for your time today.
0: You're very welcome. I've enjoyed it.
1: Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teachereditionpodcast.com to submit your questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and please do follow us on social media. Now it's time to get back to your day, but it's not just any day, because every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and His grace working in you. Now go do what God has called you to do.